This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. This episode of the Spa Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Marquee. Hey, Megan here. Welcome to part two of Jeff's story about buying spring dance. When we left off, he had picked a local bank to provide the loan, which was a big hurdle. And even though this was an amicable sale from one partner to another, not all the parties who became involved wanted to keep it that way. How did, how would people try to make it not be amicable? I mean, would they try to, what would they do? Um, Once you get lawyers involved and we had, um, Boy, at one point, I think there were six lawyers involved because there's lawyers that working for uh, the credit line companies. There's lawyers working for the bank. There's lawyers working for the SBA. Uh, there's my personal lawyer. There's Dan's personal lawyer. So all these lawyers are, um, you know, looking at all these details and and they're there. You shouldn't do this. And I was like, no, we agreed on that. Dan and I are good with that. And it just became. Um, no, we got to flesh this out. And the next thing, <laughs> you know, they're writing up a big, a big, uh, um, they're writing up a, you know, a, a, not, not a contract, but they're, you know, an agreement to every little thing. And it, that, that, that became very stressful. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, you want them to think like that and think through the things that you, you don't, but at the same time, there is a point where you're like, no, I, I know this person. This is fine. This is how we want it. And, you know, I'm the one signing my name to it. <laughs> well, you know, you know, on one hand, so when you buy a stock purchase, this gets back to the stock purchase. Um, when you buy the business, you get what's when you when you buy the business as an asset purchase, you know, the, the money basically in the bank account goes to the person who had the business. And then you put your money and fuse your own personal money into the bank. When you do a stock purchase, you buy everything in the company. So you know, at closing, we went to a meeting and Dan walked in as the owner in 15 minutes or 15 minutes, probably two hours later, he walked out as the owner or I'm sorry, as he walked out with a check and I, I was now the owner and I owned everything that was in the bank account. So one of the things I, that the lawyer had helped us meet, my personal lawyer had set it up where um, there was immediately an agreement that all the money stayed in the account that we had at the time of the agreement um, that when we started the process and uh, only money could come out for taxes, uh, healthcare, and our salaries. So that was a that was a really good thing that we didn't have in writing. And I think getting closer to closing, there was more of a temptation to take some more money out of the business. But that was a non that that couldn't be that was not a non factor. So uh, that money, all the money, had to stay in the account. So that was very very much worth the worth that. Um, and at the time, things were were really good. So. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Bryce, who helped you um, evaluate the business, and then you know these you know six or however many attorneys ended up being involved. But who else had to get and the local bank? But who else had to get involved to make this to make this happen? What other ex- experts or professionals did you guys have to bring in? Um, well, I had the uh, used the sub uh, the subcontracting firm that that was the uh, voice or that was that went to the SBA. Um, so they, they were the key people. Um, but we also had to get involved with the manufacturer Watkins manufacturing. We had to get involved with Wells Fargo that does our flooring, um, and all their people. Um, that process took a while. Um, 
see what see what had happened was that we thought like the SBA would say to us, okay, you guys need to um, get all the all of the building loans need to have Dan's name removed and your name put in there. That was a piece of cake. We did that in an afternoon. But then the SBA came back and said, no, that's not acceptable. We wanted to say this, 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 and this. We want to have access to the building whenever we want and have the landlord agree to it. And the landlord has to agree to this and the landlord has to agree to that. And then you get two of the three stores agree to it, but then another store doesn't because he hands it off to their attorney and their attorney doesn't want to do it. And so so that was the part where I would say we were most naive is is um, the hoops that the SBA makes you jump through are uh, are amazing. Like it's it's they take things to such new levels um, uh, over and over again that you, once you think you got something done, they come back and say, no, no, this isn't going to work. And we were throwing many curves. Um, so, and, and, you know, it, it was interesting because the SBA, um, you're at their mercy. And when we, we'd spent two years knowing that the SBA would back 75% of the loan, 15% would be financed by the seller and 10% would be what I would have to put down. And then, um, and then they completely changed those rules and, and the rules worked to our benefit. But at the first of the year, they said, okay, you no longer, um, have to put, well, the seller doesn't have to hold any money. They can get their money when you sell the, when you sell the business, they don't have to hold, uh, the 15%. Um, you still have to put down 10%, but we'll use the equity in the stock you own in the New Jersey corporation. We'll use that equity as down money. So, so all of a sudden everything changed that it became a little bit, um, a little bit easier to, um, you know, it, it, the path to the SBA loan seemed a lot easier. Right. Did you feel like, um, even though the the changes worked in your favor, did you still feel a little bit like you were starting over? No, I mean, this is what was exciting in my mind. I was trying to figure out where I was going to, okay, so what we did, um, this is fairly common, um, and anybody looking to sell their business, uh, it's a no brainer. Uh, but at the end of the year, we bonused myself a big, a big, uh, amount of money, about a hundred thousand dollars, which was, uh, was, um, you know, you got to pay $150,000, you pay $50,000 in taxes. So, so we took $150,000 bonused myself on that. And then what I did, um, was I kept set that money aside, but I knew I was going to have to come up with another hundred thousand dollars. Um, and so, um, so in the back of my mind, I was trying to figure out how we were going to do that. And I was right. in the process of selling our house and, uh, moving. And so there was a lot of things going on at this time. So once I had heard this news, this was great news because I wasn't, the, the idea was I wouldn't have to put down any money. Um, uh, I would still need that money. However, uh, I, the fees were over $75,000 plus legal fees, plus all those other things that are, yeah. yeah. So so, um, so it was real good news, uh, to hear that for sure. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned too, that there were a lot of obstacles. Um, was there kind of a point that was maybe the, the hardest day or kind of the darkest point maybe where you felt the most discouraged, um, yeah. in the whole process? Yeah. You know, I, I, um, my mother had passed away in October before, um, 
in the October of 2016. So uh, I'm sorry, in 2017, she had passed away. And then my father decided uh, he's 77. He decided he was going to walk. Uh, that, well, he, he read a book about a guy that walked the Appalachian Trail, but there was okay. no there was no way he could do that at his age, but he thought I could drive across the country. So <laughs> he decided to get in his, his minivan and drive across the country. So I had decided, Hey, I, I still need to get a few States. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to knock out the rest of his States. And I needed, I needed uh, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota. Okay. And then I would, be, I would have seen all 50 States and he needed, um, he needed Idaho and North Dakota and Montana. So I said, look, I have friends around the country and we'll, we'll, we'll go on this great trip together. I'll fly out to uh, Omaha. You can pick me up. We'll do this fun trip. So uh, every minute of that trip, I was on the phone with the bank, the SBA lawyers. Um, that whole trip was, was really, really hard. And, um, and it was great to spend the time with my dad, but it was, it was uh it was just building. And then the Friday, I, I met him on a Sunday that Friday, uh, the bank called and said that they couldn't, they couldn't do the loan because, um, there were three major things that came up. And one of the biggest was, um, they did not view the equity, uh, in our company the same way because there were inner company transfers of, uh, stock, uh, stock as in hot tubs and what have you. And it was something that they couldn't get their their head around, and the accountants were involved, and everybody, our accountants were involved, uh, and we were able to we were able to get over that. Um, there were some other issues that were um, that had come up at the last minute. Um, ironically, the SBA doesn't work with other SBA loans. You would think they could work well together, but um, they were completely unhelpful in getting um, getting. Dan, uh, the building, uh, the company named Spring Dance Hot Tubs off of Dan's loan on the actual building. I had bought the company, not the building. So um, these things all started holding, holding things up. And yeah, that was a very difficult time. Yeah. It's time for a sponsor break. Man, we have already gotten into the nitty gritty of what Jeff went through, but it's not over. When we come back, he talks about even more things that went wrong in the process to buy Spring Dance, how it impacted the business, and why he would do it all over again. Celebrity and Celebrity Elite High Flow Therapy Jets are engineered to provide the most satisfying low-pressure massage to penetrate muscles without punishing pressure. They vary in size from small neck jets to large straight, rotator, or multi-port jets for a varied massage experience. The water flow is adjustable and jets can also be interchanged to provide a unique feel to the soak. The Hollywood Elite features a Whitewater 4 jet in the footwell for an exhilarating whole body blast. The jets are easily controlled with an inward facing panel and a zone control in the Hollywood Elite. Celebrity Hot Tubs and Celebrity Elite for Marquee give you high flow for exhilarating fun. Visit MarqueeSpas.com for more information. It's one of those things that I think any entrepreneur finds out really fast, but, you know, life doesn't stop. (laughs) No matter what's going on in your company or in the business that you just feel like you need to be giving, you know, 100% of your time to, you know, life doesn't stop. Things still happen. People still get sick. Vacations still need to be done. You know, family needs your attention. And it can be really hard to to balance that. And I think when you're going through those really stressful times in your business, 
you know, for some reason, sometimes they also coincide with really stressful times in your life. Yeah. Well, no, it, it was definitely something that, um, it, it was a huge distraction for our company. Um, you know, Dan and I were constantly in meetings. Uh, we had a wonderful controller. Our controller, Jenny was on top of everything, but stressful for her cause she was working for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to stay focused with the day to day stuff was, was very difficult for, for, uh, both of us. Um, we really thought we would settle by, um, by April 15th. That was the goal. And, um, uh, we didn't settle until June 22nd. So from the 15th of April to June 22nd, uh, every day felt like a week. Um, so, oh, and just, just more things would pop up, more things would pop up. It was, uh, it was silly stuff. It was stuff like, um, I hired this business attorney and she was terrific. She got us off the ground. But the first thing I asked her, I said, well, you're on the board at the bank. Is this going to be a problem? She said, no, no, let me, let me, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll search it out, but should not be a problem at all. And so she called the bank and it wasn't a problem. And, and, um, we started moving along and, and, uh, we got the, uh, we got the agreement of sale. And then one day she, she called me very like in, in, um, late May. And she said, Hey, the bank came back and said, it's a conflict. So we had to start all over on, on finding a new lawyer to get her up to speed over the things for the last few months. So yeah, it was that, that kind of stuff. And, and just how life happens. People, um, had very personal things in their lives pop up that completely derailed the process where we were waiting for them to move the ball forward and traumatic things happened to them from, from family members. And, and it just stopped. Everything would just stop for a week. And then you'd have to get everything cranking and going again. Uh, it was completely, uh, for, for, uh, people who like to be in control and like to plan and get things done. It was very difficult because there's, you, you're so relying on everybody else in the situation. So, you know, you mentioned, um, that it was kind of disruptive to, to the whole business. So did everybody in the company know that this was happening when it was, when it was happening then? You know, I forget the exact time. I was against telling the company until the SBA loan was approved. I did not the S I, I did not want to I've watched so many people not get an SBA loan. So until the SBA loan was approved, I did not want to make an announcement with the company. Uh upon the approval of that, which didn't come until uh May. Uh, um, that's when we made the announcement. Um, and when we made the announcement, we actually were so silly that we thought it was going to take about a week and we would, we would settle. And, uh, you know, I, it, it, it just kept dragging out. You know, I feel like most people kind of keep things under wraps, like you said, until a certain point where they feel like it's a done deal. So I just wasn't sure what you guys had decided to do as far as that goes. Well, it's funny that you say that about it being a done deal because, um, this is the other interesting thing. We have we've had a very very rainy year. It's our uh, second rainiest year in 130 years that they've been keeping records, and we had a very snowy winter. So everything grinds to a halt when you do that. So here we present our financials that are real in um, in the fall, and or I'm sorry, in the spring. Uh, you know, our in so in January. February, they're looking at our financials for 2017, and they're very strong. And then we've we've completely tripped out of the out of uh, the big events that we do in in January were a flop, and then it just it just snowballed into having um, all these different no pun intended with all the snow everything else it just was it just was a very tough year. So now the bank is saying, okay, well. 
they keep dragging things out. Now they want to see our financials from the first quarter. And they're not looking nearly as good as the financials from the first quarter of 2017. So yeah, that this that 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 got stressful. Um, um, and and so that that we were we were struggling with that. We were trying to keep. Now we were very. We were still were doing well. We still were were doing. Uh, we were we were strong in the pipeline of deliveries, but we weren't strong in new sales. So that was. And really, they're only looking at. They look at your pipeline, but they're more concerned about what your cash is and and those things. So that that looked that looked good, but um, but it was it was um, you know. So here we are in May. We finally get it approved. Um, everything is going pretty well. I've I've hired a, a sales manager. And I'm going to take him out to California to meet the people in the company uh, at Watkins Manufacturing and. I'm convinced that surely we'll close next week. And it was another surely we'll close next week. And it got to the point where I, I, I didn't even know what to tell people. Like I, I, I had no idea. So um, the banker kept telling me, Jeff, we're going to get this done. We're going to get, he just kept telling me we're going to get this done. And, um, and I, I just stopped believing him. So when you say if there was a dark time, I would say the dark time was from April 15th to June 22nd. I just, because you just had no control and things just kept getting pushed off. And then there was this problem. And, um, so the, one of the crazy things was, um, the banker called me a couple days before we were supposed to go to settlement. And he said, Jeff, we can't go to settlement. It's my fault, not your fault. And I'm thinking, regardless of whose fault it is, you just told me we're not going to settlement again. And, and so what had happened was the SBA wanted, um, they wanted to have um, certified tax search done. And what they did was um, they just did a regular tax search. So the regular tax search, say, goes up to the end of the last quarter. They wanted something going like right up to the last day. So he said, it's 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 not going to be a problem. We have to run two searches, one for the Jersey Corporation, one for the Pennsylvania Corporation. The Pennsylvania Corporation will be um, – well, they both will take three to five days. So we're going to have to settle next week. So the next week I'm, I'm already planned to go out to California to, for some meetings. And, um, and at this point I don't believe them that, that it's really going to happen. And I have no idea, but I'm like, we got to keep moving forward. Um, Dan and I had worked out a side deal that, that he would finance the company, which is not the way I wanted to go, but we were going to figure out a way to do it without a bank. If that was the case. And, and in fairness to him, it also doesn't allow him to cash out, uh, and it and it puts me in a position where I'm I, I feel I'm going to feel like I still have a partner. So, um, so what wound up happening was um, I flew out to California and I got a call from the banker on a Tuesday, and he said, "Jeff, bad news. Um, turns out that Jersey's going to take eight weeks." Uh, no. Yeah, oh, no. to come back with the certified bank loan, which we were originally told they would be the fastest. So they were going to take eight weeks. They decided, um, I, I, I said, well, you do know that this means that the SBA window shuts on the loan and now we have to start the process uh, from all over. We have to start no. the entire process all over. And so I was like, this can't be happening. And, um, and then he, remember the bank is looking at all the money we had in the bank and he said, there is one other thing we could do. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, I'd have to get it approved by uh, the bank, which is meeting this afternoon. So you got to make a decision right now. 
And they said, if you let us hold a half a million dollars until the tax cert comes through, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go to settlement on Friday. What? And I said, do it, do it, take the money, hold the money for, uh, you know, I figured 68 weeks, you know, it's the summertime. We're delivering a lot of hot tubs. We'll be fine. So in the end, I had to give them a half a million dollars to hold for six weeks uh, to go to settlement um, that week. Now, the problem was that put into a whole, a bunch of things started spinning um, kind of out of control because my lawyer said, absolutely not. <laughs> most The most your tax, the, the taxes would be, uh, she got with the account would be about $38,000. If you were missing something, they know that. They're, why are they going to hold a half a million dollars? And at this point, I was like, just get it done. Like, Again, it, it was the time of year where they could hold that money. And um, so that's what wound up happening. They, they, they held a half a million dollars for, um, for about six weeks. Uh, I want to say first week of August, we got that back in our bank account, uh, in my bank account at that point. But it was, it was uh, abs- absolutely um, one thing after another that, that was completely out of control. And even getting the, um, you know, the SBA, you don't even know where their head's at. They... They made me cap my line of credit so that and agree that I would never raise my line of credit, which is essentially saying that you can't expand your operations because we're only going to allow you for the duration of your loan to have this amount of line of credit. And as it turns out, we have we have more than enough line of credit to open up more stores. So I'm not I'm not concerned about that, but it was a very it was a very odd thing. And you don't get to ask anybody. SBA is a faceless organization. There's some guy behind a, a wall that just slides answers out to the to the people that were working for him. I mean, it's just very strange. Very strange. I feel like this has brought up just a lot of questions for me about how you survived it. <laughs> I mean, if I were you, I would have gained 50 pounds and become an alcoholic within like three months. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 um, yeah, no, uh, it, it was very stressful time. I had some very good friends that were, were there along the way and it was, it was great for that. But, uh, and, and I'm forever grateful for that, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean it, it. It it I you know confidence is something you have before you fully understand the situation, right? <laughs> well, very confident going into this, and uh, it 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 turned out that it was. Uh, I think maybe I said this a little bit earlier, but when I was visiting Watkins, a friend of mine had shared that over the years he had heard if he had a nickel for everybody that told him they were getting a, a loan from uh, the bank from the, an SBA loan. Yeah. We're just going to get an SBA loan. Uh, he said, if I had a nickel for all that, I I'd, I'd be broke because I, no, nobody ever does it. Everybody says they're going to do it, but nobody does it. So, so there was some grit and determination to getting it done, but I'll tell you what, it's almost like they put you through it to think if you can do this, then we think you can, you can <laughs> make it in business. Uh, Cause it was, it was brutal. I mean, I haven't. Were there some good moments in the process where you could feel, still feel, you know, excited or, I mean, I know you were excited to buy the business. I mean, you wouldn't have kept through this if you, if you weren't, but I mean, were there some good moments in this too? <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, I mean, it was, it was so taxing that it was actually a few weeks afterwards that, 
I could start to take a breath. And then when I did, I realized, oh my God, I bought this business and I have 35 employees and um, how am I going to do this? You know, because I was really good at a couple things, but now I got to be really good at several things. And so, so that's been a struggle. I, I feel much more comfortable today than I did the day after I bought the business. And uh, hey, I've got a lot to learn still. And um, but it, it's going well. I mean, I, I I would say I would say it took it took more out of me than I realized. Um, but yeah, to say if there was a really positive thing through this, um, yeah, I got the business. You know, I went out to lunch with the banker recently, and he said, "Jeff, do you regret buying the business?" And I was stunned by his question. I thought, do I regret buying the business? Absolutely not. I was, and, and, and I don't have a choice now. I mean, I've got the amount of paperwork that I signed. Um, I must have signed 200 forms at settlement. Um, most people would, I'm surprised my lawyer was saying, don't sign that, you know, because anything you, you, you signed, you realized you were really on the hook. Um, so, so anyway, no, I, 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 I have no regrets. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, like I said, it's starting to feel pretty rewarding and yeah. it's not year. It's, it's not been a, a typical year of growth. It's been, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of distractions and, and, um, you know, we've had to grind it out and work pretty hard this year, but, but, but it's, it'll be a, it'll still be a good year at the end. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's kind of encouraging to hear you say that because I feel like that sometimes too, like, um, you know, you just have so much to learn and it's just a lot to process and go through just the process. And then once you have this business, you think, you know, it, and then suddenly you're in charge of all of it and you realize all the things that you don't know or aren't that good at yet. And it can feel really overwhelming. And so people will ask me the same question, like, how's the business going? Are you just so happy that you bought it? And you're like, yes, I am. But on a day-to-day basis, it's a lot of work and I'm really stressed sometimes. And it's hard to sometimes see the, the good through the, through the work. <laughs> you know, my, my father is a PhD in biochemistry, which most people would say, why didn't you just become a doctor? It would have been a lot easier. And, yeah. and, uh, but he, he's an amazing guy. And um, one of the things I remember him saying was when he got his PhD, he said he, he was in his, you know, in his uh, graduation and he said, I, I, I was sitting there thinking, I can't believe how little I know. Uh, and he was young. He went right to, right to, uh, college, you know, and went to, went to, uh, from high school to college to getting his degree. And he did it all right, right, pretty quick. And, uh, he just said, I just couldn't believe how little I knew. I just knew a whole lot about this, but I didn't know anything about life. And, uh, I'll never forget him saying that because it's, it's kind of true. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys fake it till you make it, but man, most of life is, is, uh, is showing up and working hard. That's for sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad that it finally, it finally got to be done. (laughs) Um, and that you, you came out of it, you came out of it. Okay. (laughs) Do it again. I would absolutely do it again. I mean, there are circumstances along the way that maybe it would have been nice if it happened a little earlier. You know, one of the things that I considered was, um, was opening up a separate business, moving to a different part of the country and opening up a store. Um, and that kind of got, got us moving in the direction. It, the purpose wasn't to get us moving in the direction, uh, Dan and I moving in the direction of, 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 uh, getting the deal done for me buying the business, but it was more or less really like, do, do I want to live somewhere else? We can move. Our kids are grown and maybe it's time to, to, to make a move. And, um, I'm glad I didn't, I, I love, I love the area where we live. 
Um, and I have a company that's established. Uh, we're going to be in business uh, soon here, 20 years, or we are 20 years in business. And um, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, 20 years in this business next year, but it's, it's, um, it runs well, you know, it's afforded me to still enjoy uh, some of the traveling that I like to do as a hobby. And, um, and it's exciting to see things being done a little bit differently than, than they were before. Not that how they were before were wrong. They were just different. And so, um, um, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's definitely, um, become, uh, getting, getting, getting fun. I'm I'm glad I did it for sure. Yeah. What would you say to someone who is in your shoes, uh, before you bought the, before you bought the company after, you know, after kind of laying it all out there, what you went through and what would you say to someone else who, you know, would like to be an owner one day? Um, I've always worked like I have owned the place. I always found it to be such a nice, a nice compliment when people would ask me when I didn't own the company, if I owned the company, you know, there was the few years that I was here before I bought in. And, um, I would just say, make it, make it your own now, even though you're not, you don't own the company, act like you own the company, be alert, be aware, uh, make good decisions and, and help, help whoever run owns the company, uh, uh, you know, do all that stuff now. If you, if you don't do that now, it's not going to all of a sudden when you go to buy it, it's going to be, you know, you make that transition very easily. Um, and, it, and it's a lot of hard work. This is a weird business. I mean, gosh, the, the facets that we control from, you know, showing the product, marketing the product, um, delivering the product, servicing the product, like there's just a lot of, a lot of facets to this business. It's, it's not, it's not simple. Yeah, it's really, it's really not. Um, there is a lot, there is a lot to it. Um, is there anything that people should do just, I mean, I know each deal is really unique to that business and and the people involved, but I mean, is there anything that you wish you had done financially to prepare yourself to own the company or was it just not really anything you could have done to have planned for what it was? I'll bring my dad up again. He he also said to me once, he said, Jeff, you'll never have enough money um, to um, have children, pay for their college, do all the things that you think you want to do. You'll never have that. So just go ahead and do it. Um, and I think that's kind of resonated with me. He's kind of a free spirit. And um, and it really is true. You, you, you Yeah, you can't over plan that thing. I, I mean, I think some people might be shocked that at the end of the day, I didn't put any money out of my pocket. I don't have um, any debt other than the business debt, personally. I mean, we, we this whole thing came together. Uh, when it's meant to be, it really does come together pretty easy. Um, that's, that's you know, I, I you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, do I, do I wish I didn't have to get a loan to buy the company? Yeah, but that's that's just not, I don't know anybody that's bought a, bought a business that, that they didn't, uh, that they right. didn't get them to do it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing what opportunities are out there for people too. That's one of the things I'd say, if you, if you really want it, you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a friend who says that you'll figure it out, figure it out. And, and when you do, it's, it's pretty cool. But well, thank you for sharing your your whole story with me um, and with everybody. I, it's, it's pretty interesting. And it's, it's nice that you were, you know, 
willing to be so open about everything that you had to go through to actually make it happen and what that looks like. And I think it'll be really helpful to for other people out, out in the industry to hear as well. Well, good. I hope I hope it is. I, I appreciate you you asking about this. So this is our last episode of 2018. How has it been for you this year, Jeff, as a new podcaster? It's it's been interesting. So <laughs> I've uh, I've enjoyed it. It's a pleasure working with you, doing this, trying to figure these things out, and uh, I'm looking forward to a bunch of interviews next year. Um, and also, I think right now it's appropriate to wish uh, several friends. I think Hanukkah just wrapped up, as a matter of fact. And that's uh, right. Christmas is two weeks from from yesterday already. Hard yeah, it's it's around the corner. So yes, uh, happy Hanukkah, happy new year, Merry Christmas, everything to everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm really excited about what we've got in store for 2019. Um, we're going to take a little break. This is going to be our last episode, like I said, for 2018. And then we'll be back at the beginning of February with new episodes. So, um, so yes, we'll have a little break there while, you know, January is a busy month with travel for shows and things like that. So um, hopefully we'll get to record a little bit more in person again. That was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Atlantic City Pulling Spot Show, right? That's right. Yeah. And which is uh, kind of in your stomping grounds, right, Jeff, right outside of Philadelphia. Yes. Yep. And it's amazing how big that show is. That show is uh, very, very impressive. They they do a great job with that show. You know, I haven't been there in almost 10 years um, to the Atlantic City Pool and Spa Show because every time I've tried to go, my flight has been canceled. <laughs> so- <laughs> well, it's a show that can, can be 70 or 7 like during that show. It's a very crazy show. And often it swings, the weather swings during that week. Uh you know, it's just a volatile, volatile time in the Northeast with weather. And, and uh, yeah, you can come in and it'd be sunny in the 60s and then leave and it's uh, uh, it snows. It snows quite often there, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I scheduled my flight a little bit early this year so that if there is a delay, I should have some have some wiggle room. But we'll have a booth. So, yeah, please come by our booth and say hi in Atlantic City. Um, I'm excited to, to get out there and see that show again. I always um, it was good when I saw it 10 years ago and I always hear good things about it. So I'm looking forward to going back. Wow, it's been ten years since you've been there. Ten years, isn't that crazy? It is. I'll tell you what. I I, I think it is. Uh, it gives the national show a run for its money, and I I know it's it's not. Uh, it, it's it's. Uh, you know that the the Northeast is one of the biggest, if I'm not mistaken, the largest uh, pool area. Um, I, I I might be mistaken on that, but as far as gross dollars that come in for the the size and the money that's spent on the pool industry in there, and and boy, they they bring. For that time of year, they bring a lot of people into the into Atlantic City. Well, one thing that Jeff I've mentioned um, at the end of a couple of episodes, but we've never actually talked about, is our call in line. Did you know we have a call in line? <laughs> no, <laughs> we we do. All right. Yeah. So people who want to leave us a message, ask a question, uh, comment on um, an earlier episode, you can do so by calling 405-992-0160. And we will play your call on the air and discuss it if it if it needs to. I wanted to call it Ask Jeff, but you said no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. My contract's up pretty soon with you, so I, I just didn't want to overpromise. 
Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't need to be, we can keep it pretty, pretty broad. I mean, and this is a, if you've listened to podcasts, this is a pretty common thing that people do is give their listeners a chance to kind of interact and ask some questions and comment on some things and even answer some questions or tell us what we get wrong. Cause I'm sure there are, are many things that people have some opinions on that we've said on the podcast. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great idea. That would be awesome. And it would be the, the, uh, ask Megan and Jeff that line. That's fine. Well, Whatever we end up calling it, please give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. You can also email us and we can read those on the air as well at um, podcast at sparetailer.com. And I will put the number and the email and everything in the show notes if you're looking for that. Um, And you know, something else we should probably talk about, Jeff, is reviews. Um, I've never asked for reviews of the podcast before because I figure no one is going to be searching iTunes and be like, oh, hey, a podcast about hot tub retailing. I should really listen to that. I just figure that anyone who goes to it is looking for it. Um, But it's probably a good practice to try to garner a a few reviews so that people can find the podcast easier. Um, So please, if if you like the podcast or even if you don't, you can leave a review for us on iTunes or Google Play. Um, We do have one review right now, Jeff. Have you seen it? I have not. What does it say? Uh, they didn't really like it. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, they weren't. They weren't a fan. I don't know what episode they listened to. I don't know when that review was was posted. I haven't actually looked at that. But but yeah, they didn't uh, get a whole lot of out of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of miserable people out there. Well, you know, when you work in this industry, you got to have pretty thick skin. So mm-hmm. it doesn't didn't. It doesn't really hurt my feelings. Um, you know, we can all get better. So, but yeah, I'd be open for some constructive criticism in the form of reviews. Sure. Absolutely. I, I've got no problem with that. All right. Great. Well, those are kind of our two, our two plugs that we wanted to put at the end of our last episode of 2018. Um, give us a call, leave us a voicemail, um, shoot us an email or, you know, give us a review to counter our single negative review. Yeah, there's no better reason to get more reviews than that. It's funny you say that because um, we all panic when somebody rips our company in a review today, you know, and, and it's affected the way we the way we give service, the way we do things. We're all running around for this. So um, a couple of years ago, we just we just made it an absolute mission to get as many reviews as we can from people that come to the counter to every service call. And we follow up with so many people. and. Um, so now I think we're up almost 400, 500 reviews if I combine all the stores. And when a negative one comes in, it's a lot more relaxing because people like like me who read reviews read a bunch of reviews. It's not like you're just going to read one review and go with it. But you're right. Since we only have one review and the person hated the show, then um, we probably should try to get some people to give us better reviews. Yeah, this is something that I'm sure that, yes, like you said, all hot sub retailers can relate to is the need for reviews, <laughs> um, it's, it's, which is really important. We've done an episode on reviews, a few episodes on reviews in the past, but it's probably worth going back to because it's amazing how many people I talk to and I ask them about what's a, an important thing in their hot sub business right now. And for a lot of people, it is reviews. It's really important. And so, you know, Think about how important it is for your business and uh, shoot us one too. <laughs> awesome. That's a great idea. All right. Great. Well, um, Jeff, if I don't talk to you again before the before the new year, happy holidays. Thank you. And you too. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. 
And to all of our listeners, the same. Thank you so much for listening this year. We really appreciate your support. Reviews or not. Um, and we're looking forward to more episodes in 2019. So thanks. Retailer Podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at SpaRetailer.com.